I think we disproportionately stop whites too much. I taught those kids lessons on product development and marketing, and they taught me what it was like growing up feeling targeted for your race. I am proud to be gay. I am proud to be a Republican. You know, I went to a tough school in Queens and they used to beat up the little Jewish boys. You know, I love having the support of real billionaires. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. In uh, five, four, three, two. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grubstakers. I'm Andy Palmer. And uh, with me is Yogi Polywell. And uh, Sean McCarthy and Stephen Jeffries couldn't be here. Sean is currently in Brazil doing his, uh, I guess he's at Brown Shirt Fantasy Camp. Mm-hmm. Undercover story for us, Brown Shirt Fantasy Camp. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, same thing's going on with Jeffries. He's currently uh, h- hidden underneath Wall Street. Yeah, he's, he's hiding under Wall Street. Uh, he had uh, an execution, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, an assassination to carry out, and uh, he can't be here today. But joining us... Is wrestling super fan because we're talking about Vince McMahon, Benel Jamosan. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, uh, how are you doing? I'm very excited to be here. Did love- Andy butcher your name? <laughs> no, he got it right. Oh, nice. No, Great. he's got yeah. it right. I love yeah. when, uh, but I do love when a white guy butchers my name. <laughs> so, um, what, what it, are the best? What are the best name butchers? Uh, 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 Bernard Gramorson. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Benny you- uh, Jermusen <laughs> and uh, Bernie Jamoon. That's the, my favorite one. Have you had someone butcher your name as you're being brought up on stage, but the person saying it also has stage fright? Has that happened to you before? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, that's it's the, the worst. Because it's like, you know, they fucked up your name, which is, which is uh, understandable, but then they have stage fright, so they're so mortified mm-hmm. they're just so like i had a guy shaking once because he was messing my name up and i was like guys just say something get off the stage don't fucking <laughs> yeah it's fine don't make this might, longer I, needs I, the thing i like about it is like i like when white people apologize to me that's like my favorite <laughs> fucking thing in the world he's like i'm so sorry man i'm like well thank you sir <laughs> so glad for that all right enough insider stand-up baseball yeah, yeah so now let's get insider let's wrestling get the ring. <laughs> so today we're talking vince mcmahon now personally Cut- i don't know shit about wrestling. Uh, Yogi, uh, I mean, everyone was watching when I was growing up. I just never, God, I don't I think my do parents it. would have let me watch it, honestly. My parents would not let me watch it, but I occasionally snuck a couple of peeks in, if you know what I mean. I uh, I started uh, during like uh, Hulk Hogan rock era was when I was like really like mm. sneak dipping in. Uh-huh. But my favorite, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That, of course, I think absolutely. 316. I think that's, uh, that's my main man, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. Like I started, okay, so... The reason I was yeah, able to get so into we have wrestling. so we have Benel here to, I've been to, watching to I, steer this shit. I've been watching since I was seven. So wow, like I'm 30 now, and I've watched pretty much consistently for the last 23. You're 31, Benel. We have the exact same birthday. Oh, fuck, actually, yeah, you're right. I am. Th- yeah, I keep forgetting my own birthday sometimes. It's hard to remember 31. Yeah, it for is. those of us it's born on November 18th, 1987. Yeah, we <laughs> have the same birthday. Why didn't we get each other presents? I don't know. We should oh, do that. We should fucking do that. I thought y'all jerked one you? another off. <laughs> Yeah, we're but doing that we, now. We don't do that on our birthday. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, That's the one day we don't do it. Wait, okay. <laughs> Question though: How did you remember my birthday? No one remembers my birthday because it's, it's my the, birthday. It's the same birthday. That's amazing. He literally, but no, he said like eighty percent of what you were questioning while you were questioning. Him. Hey, you know what? I'm not smart, and that's why I'm a wrestling fan because I'm not smart. I like it. Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, I, yeah, I started watching wrestling when I was seven, and I got into it uh, watching, of course, Hulk Hogan, but then. Uh, 
the guy I really latched onto was Bret Hart. Right, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he came out and gave kids classes. Like, that was my favorite <laughs> fucking thing. I'm like, you could just get free shit by showing up to wrestling shows? But now, so when you were... Wait, wait, a re- were they like prescription? No, they were like wraparound sunglasses. Yeah, they oh, were dope okay. as shit. He came out in a military jacket. <laughs> thought they were prescription? <laughs> that that would be awesome he- if he came out and just... <laughs> that would make <laughs> <all> him <bad laughs> Like, he had the kids' prescriptions, right, and so right, like, right. he's handing them out one by one. That would make him a bad guy. That would That's- make a bad this one's Barney Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sponsored by Lenscrafters. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the ring, the optometrist. <laughs> now, okay, so when you first started watching wrestling, did you think it was real? Uh, I knew it was probably fake. Okay. Like, I had a strong suspicion. And then when, uh, like, a third grade teacher was like, oh, yeah, I sat next to Shawn Michaels and he told me wrestling is fake. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Sure, sure. Yeah, the, See, I, I had suspicions of it not being real, and then I went uh, overseas to visit family in India, and they asked me, is it real? And I didn't want to break their hearts, so I was like, nah, it's it's, it's real. It's, it's all real. <laughs> so I like I convinced myself in the lie. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And then your cousins like grew up, and they're like, wow, like you go to America, you just learn to lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, they're all on ISIS. So yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Like and also India does not like wrestling. They've tried so often to get India to like wrestling, and there's just too many people to like wrestling. Like, oh really? Yeah, like the they they put wrestling on, and then it's like eighty million Indians watch wrestling, and it's like yeah, but the highest rated show is American Idol India, and it's sure. Indian Idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah, not so American like, Idol yeah, India, not, just yeah. Indian Idol, just yeah. Indian Idol. <laughs> and it's like oh, a hundred million people watch that. Like it's it's never been successful in India. Like is what I'm saying, and they tried. They put it. They just recently put the world title on a guy called uh, Jinder Mahal, mm-hmm. who's an Indian Canadian, and they spent six months just going. This guy is big he, in India. He's the Russell Peters of wrestling, <laughs> right? Pretty much. <laughs> Where he's just like, oh man, he's really important to Indians, and Indians are like, meh, fuck. yeah. Yeah, like he, he he does wrestling moves that like everyone's been doing for years, uh-huh. but like for whatever reason he breaks through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he does wrestling moves in the style of his parents. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody gonna get a hurt real bad. Cue Johnny Schwanner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've yeah I've been watching wrestling since I was seven years old, and I've like consistently been watching it like from from there to to now like i dropped off a few years in like in high school like 2000 like i didn't watch the rock versus austin at wrestlemania yeah that was like the period i was in it yeah. and then like i don't know i i just i started playing i i left after that yeah and once once the rock fights stone cold i was like you know what i think we're good here i, I also i went to wrestlemania i think it was 13 maybe at the tacoma mm. dome and the rock fought hulk hogan there yeah and that's kind of like I mean, we—it's kind of blown. And you were up. like one of these guys will have a film career, and the other one will say the N word in his sex tape. Uh, no, mm. they both have a film career. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of them has been captured saying the N word. <laughs> <in his sex laughs> we don't know. We don't know what, how the rock gets down. You know, Dwayne Johnson says the N word when he fucks. <laughs> But he's like challenging the woman too. Like he's like shit. Like he's like say it, say it to my face right now. It's huge. He's an action figure man. Just Girl, you want this Moana dick? Come on. 
then he sings and dance because that's really what he wants to do. That's, that's what I want to do. That's my favorite thing about him is that he's a huge action figure man, but he actually is like inside. I want to like a song. Oh, he wants to do there. musicals and yeah, stuff. Yeah, fuck. Of course he wants to do musicals. Oh man, like that's his fucking thing. He loves like right. But you also <laughs> got to realize that like comparatively, even though you know singing and dancing is difficult. It's easier than you know getting your body beat up. Oh yeah, whether it's wrestling or an action film. Yeah, yeah. no. What's fascinating is that because he's like this almost like a list celebrity now, but he's like had all those years in the ring getting mm-hmm, hit. Like mm-hmm. you have to wonder like if he's just gonna suddenly have like a CTE thing. Yeah, where no, it's, it's like oh, murder Suey by the lot. Yeah, no. He uh, well, one of the things he did really smartly in his career where he's like he knew when to start taking saying no to taking bumps. Like, he knew when to stop hurting himself. Right, 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 right. By the way, when I mean taking bumps, I mean falling down. That's what... I'm going to use a lot of wrestling jargon for people that don't like wrestling. Uh, so, one of the terms is bumps. Bumps is whenever you hit the canvas. Like, and by falling flat on your back, you could fuck yourself up a lot. So, what the rock learned how to do is find different ways of taking hits. So, he'd fall on his face. He'd fall on his side. Right. And therefore, he was able to keep his career going longer. And oh. a lot of wrestlers didn't do that. And yeah. a lot of them ended up killing themselves or killing other people yeah. than themselves. And, you know, when it comes to Vince McMahon, the main thing is is that uh, he controls an empire of jocks. Yeah. No. And when it comes to making money. Well, they're like nerd jocks. Jo- okay, jocks so, who are secretly nerds. Yeah, yeah. Or not so secret now. But. So, so uh, starting at the beginning, yeah. uh, Vince McMahon. He was born in uh, 1945 in August. For whatever reason, there's like a documentary about him where they're like, the atomic bomb went off in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and then Vince McMahon was born. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's Vince had... You got to goddamn put that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Make sure you talk about atomic testing when you say (laughs) that. They need to know where where I came from. <laughs> the nuclear fallout. <laughs> yeah, his his whole mo is that he's just as impressive as weapons. Like, <laughs> yeah. He, so I, oh, I yeah, wouldn't no, doubt. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. has a he, from like his decades of uh, steroid use and uh, Botox. He definitely has a nuclear fallout. <laughs> Not like a literal one, but what you would imagine one to be. Oh, definitely. Uh, and so his uh, dad was a wrestling promoter. His grandfather was a wrestling promoter. Yeah. So he's third generation. But then, uh, as a baby, his uh, dad peace out yeah and he had a series of stepfathers who would beat his mother and then when he would try to defend his mother they would beat him too yeah, yeah. he grew so, up in like essentially uh, he, he, uh double wide trailer yeah, he grew up in north carolina in a trailer park he grew up like dirt poor getting bullied and getting beaten up by his stepdad so he developed this idea of masculinity at a very young age right right yeah and yeah. he also developed this like anti-authoritarian streak at a very very young age. right and he was dyslexic too and yeah. so he had mm-hmm. trouble in school and so that probably also instilled a lot yeah. of that as well it's crazy how Vince McMahon's upbringing, like, you know, because he grew up in a trailer park and stuff and had dyslexia and had an abusive uh, stepfather, how, like, almost American his upbringing is. Mm-hmm. Like, what WWE becomes is, like, a reflection almost of a terrible childhood. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, he deals with abuse and just, like, uh, fucking a horrid childhood and then continues to live a life where he's making people beat up one another. Like, it's, like, right. it's crazy. Yeah. Like most people that grow up in in uh, drug addled homes don't end up becoming drug empires. You know, what I mean? like, it's like <laughs> it just that doesn't ever happen. I am the one who knocks. No. And uh, I I don't know. It's crazy to think about because like essentially he you know in his early late in his early twenties. He doesn't have contact with his father, who's a wrestling promoter. Yeah, apparently he didn't meet his dad until he was twelve. Yeah, until he was twelve. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and he loved his father immediately, uh, like as soon as he met him. Like, and it seems like his father didn't really give much of a shit about him. Not until he realized that his son was good at promoting. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. one, one thing I found interesting is that uh, when he was 27, he decided to work for his dad. And um, before that, he married his uh, wife, and like a few a few uh, moments of his life had occurred at this point. So he was a traveling cup salesman, according yeah. to Wikipedia. He worked for uh, he worked for Mister Softy, and <laughs> really, yeah, and he worked for I believe Dixie Cup. Oh, okay, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And, but you know what's crazy? Reading traveling cup salesman in my head, I was just like, "What the what the fuck does that even mean?" <laughs> like it was like you you knock on doors and go, "Y'all need cups?" <laughs> like, yeah, basically. Like, or like you you like walk into you know like a gas station and you're like, "Is this what you're selling people coffee into?" <laughs> and you just like poke a hole in the bottom of it with your pinky and you're right. like, "Let's try and fill it." <laughs> yeah. And coffee just comes out and you're like, "You, you need better cups, right, bro." Right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, he he tells us one story like when he knew he wasn't doing it when he was talking to a guy at like a, a warehouse and he's like yeah i don't give a fuck about these cups yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. i don't care he's so, like but do you want a better deal or not and he's like i don't know and he's like fine i don't care right 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 <laughs> he starts working for his dad at around 27 mm-hmm. and in one of the interviews i saw he was saying that his dad said that i'm gonna give you one shot when Vinny was 27 his father gave him one chance my dad told me that he had a promoter in Bangor, Maine that was stealing too much. Not stealing, stealing too much. <laughs> he knew some money <laughs> right. was going to get not, stolen. Not stealing, not stealing, period. Just stealing too much money, right? And So what was it his dad said? His dad said, uh, I'll give you one shot. Yeah, you got six months to turn the, ter- the territory around. Right, right. And he... <laughs> Andy, why would you start this song? All right, anyway. Uh, so... He said he would give him one shot, and he's like, and uh, to promote the wrestling event in Bangor. And needless to say, that show was successful. And it's like, you mean you didn't steal money? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not, you didn't do shit. You just didn't do the crime. And instead, like, I guess he made the connection where he's like, all I need is just someone who's not going to steal money <laughs> to promote this. And then, like, Vince McMahon's like, Dad, can I, can, I, can I promote wrestling for you? No, shut up. I just need someone who's not going to steal money no, from Pop, me. No, but can I, can I just hang out? And, like, sure not? Vince, Vince Sr.'s like, someone in the wrestling business needs to... I need to find one person that won't steal money from me. <laughs> yeah. A wrestling promoter in the wrestling business. Right, right. Dad, so, what about me? No, not you, Vince. Yeah. Somebody, somebody incredible who would never take anything from me. <laughs> Somebody who shared my blood and my thoughts. Uh, Dad, I, I absolutely love you, and I do anything for you. <laughs> no, no, not you, no, son. No, yeah, go, go away. <laughs> I, but this uh, brings I up... I abandoned you for a reason. Um, ...how the wrestling world was set up, which I'd like to talk to you yeah. about, Bunnell. But the territories essentially were, you know, like uh, you had the Northeast, which was, you know, Maine to, I think, around Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. the Southeast, which was uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Florida, and those states, and the mid- Midwest. I mean, you had, I think, uh, between like eight and 12 different territories of wrestling yeah. areas, uh, according to some of the maps that I saw, uh, which yeah, we'll put in our Tumblr. There was a total of about like 33 like wrestling territories that were part of the National Wrestling Alliance, which was the governing body of professional wrestling at the time. It was a governing body in that it was a monopoly of just, uh, uh, it was basically a no, no compete right. monopoly on wrestling promoters. They agreed that they would share talent and they wouldn't try to run shows in anybody else's uh, area. Yeah, in the same vein that uh, the internet has like a st- uh, stalemate of like the, like because like Amazon owns like add to cart, 
like that function of the internet is owned by somebody. I think it's Amazon. I'm pretty sure, maybe somebody else. But there's like a, a st- no 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 one's suing each other over certain aspects of the internet that are copywritten by certain people. That might not be the best analogy because everyone on the internet suing everyone else over <laughs> every technology <laughs> aspect, and everyone's right. trying to get the biggest monopoly. The, the point I'm trying to make is like that it's more of what Vince McMahon did. Sure, later. sure, sure. Um, but at that time, wrestling was set up like the mob, let's say. There we yeah. go. Where you allow people to be corrupt in other areas if yeah. it's not your territory. Is the mob a better analogy yeah, for yeah. you? I've never Piece seen a shit. So, yeah, <laughs> fucking Cut a promo on him, Yogi. Goddamn chooch. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, you know, essentially, once Vince McMahon gets into the wrestling industry, from 27 to 37, works with his dad, and then I think at like 32 or 33, is an announcer for his dad for a little bit as well. He's an awful announcer. Yeah, he's so bad. <laughs> he's so <laughs> bad at... He's just... He doesn't know what to call things. He's blown away by everything. He's a goddamn what a maneuver. <laughs> it's, it's like a guy that's clearly trying too hard to be an announcer, yeah. which you don't realize how natural announcers are until you watch Vince McMahon trying to be an announcer, but it's oh, a man, lot of like... so tough. Can you see him punch... Wow! Like it's like, what? <laughs> it is great watching. Like he's like next to like Jesse the Body Ventura and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. superstar Billy Graham. People that know how to talk <laughs> to people in the camera, and so and they just like Billy Graham's just abusing him the entire time. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like God damn it, man! When are you? Where are you? What are you smelling like right now? Like you smell <laughs> weird. But then when uh, Vince began turns thirty seven. He buys the Worldwide Federation, which was his dad's company, which was the uh, Northeast Territory of um, the wrestling Yeah, uh, new, the world. New York and Tri-State area, gotcha. basically. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh. He buys that from his dad and then essentially uh, starts a war on all of the other territories. Literally fucks everyone yeah, up. Literally. He, he just buys up talent. Like, yeah. He looks at all the main eventers of all the nearby territories and goes, I will offer them contracts right now. To steal them away from you, just so I don't have. He does this to this day, by the way. Yeah, he did this recently. Oh, there are like people who are trying to make their own. Yeah, kind of like. Yeah. Uh, no, they're not, not trying to. Franchise. They they had been for they, decades. Yeah, for decades. Oh, I know, I know. But even now, there are people even who now, are like. Yeah, there are because now because it seems like he he ultimately like spoiler like won. He he took over the oh, yeah. the uh, world like yeah he, yeah. Like, he, basically, is what happened is that uh, he, basically the WWE is the biggest wrestling territory in the world it's a global entity but there mm-hmm. are other global entities there's new japan pro wrestling who's making inroads to america and there's smaller uh companies that are like that have their own control over their like various fiefdoms uh and he will just go into a place and buy the all the talent and then go like you all work for me now it, wow. It's it's a divide and conquer strategy, yeah. and one of the th- reasons why he was able to do this was because he was one of the first wrestling promoters to get a cable contract. Mm-hmm. So whereas most of the other wrestling territories were doing their programs on network, and I think I think it was the either it was the Midwest or the Southeast territories that had like a wrestling show that had been on TV for like a few decades. I'm pretty sure it's the same wrestling network that put Andy Kaufman wrestling a woman. It was on- Memphis Wrestling by yeah. uh, that was run by Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Yeah, at yeah, the yeah. time, uh, I believe it was Jerry Lawler and Jerry Lawler's father at the time we were booking. Um, yeah, they had Memphis Wrestling. And Jerry Lawler was, is still huge in Memphis, Memphis Wrestling. Like, there's still right, a, right. a traditionalist Southern Memphis wrestling scene out there. And, and like, But Jerry Lawler was the guy, and he had local TV for Memphis Wrestling and the draw for most of, like, the 60s into the 80s. So, he, so, so Vince McMahon would come in, and he would 
buy up wrestling talent in a region because yeah. it, it wasn't like there weren't these huge superstars back then. I'm guessing there were just like local stars. Well, there were would... traveling superstars uh, that would work all the time. Like Ric Flair, for instance, yeah. from the National okay. Wrestling Alliance, would work somewhere for six months uh, and then leave okay. and then work somewhere else for six months. And that's the way you get people to pay money to go see wrestling is to have this draw. The guy that that may, will main event the show and get people to come in. He would draw the fans, and then he would bugger off and stuff like that. And then the guy that he lost to would become the main event. Right. And ah. so what Vince did is he bought the guys that were in the main event every time and just start running shows there. Oh, and so then if like a region wanted those people to come back, they had to go through McMahon yeah. instead of yeah. the local. Yeah, uh, and just close talents. Just close promotions left and right. Right. I mean, it's a poaching. He yeah. essentially took the right. best of everywhere. And I know, I think that it's easy to, in hindsight, look at the territories and be like, oh, well, those were the local, you know, in the same vein that you're describing, it's easy to look at it and be like, oh, well, those were the local superstars, but then they're not national. But at the time, that was national. Yeah. Like, if you're right. the best in the Northeast region, there's no thought of, I want to be best in the country, because yeah. that doesn't really exist until right. Vince McMahon right. creates... Mm -hmm. And he was helped uh, along by Cable. Yes. Or is that, is that later? No, this is the same time. Yeah. Okay. So he, he cuts a contract with Cable, and essentially that makes it so that the programs he's creating are seen on a national level, whereas yeah. earlier you were only seen in your territories. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you know, your local news network versus fucking CNN. Yeah, so your you local, can, yeah, your local affiliate will run wrestling like probably at like between 10 and midnight. Or right. Like, uh, like 4.45 on a, on a Saturday, you'd get wrestling and stuff like that. And then what Vince did is, like, he put it on national TV. Yeah. Like, Saturday night's main event was on NBC. Like, when, on the nights where there was no Saturday Night Live, you'd get professional wrestling. Right. And, I mean, you know, he just took something that people liked and put it on the next level. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, you know, to his credit... I think that his whole breaking up of the territories thing might have eventually happened. Yeah. And uh, there's an interview with him where... McMahon bought out his father's business. Immediately, he set about transforming a regional business into a global enterprise. And my dad, I don't think, would have ever sold me the business if he knew really what I wanted to do with it. He had no idea that I would go off and compete with a lot of his friends, you know, uh, in the rustling business. And drive them out of business. Uh, they drove themselves out of business, I'd like to say. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Said, Jim, Jim Crockett Promotions was already making inroads with, like, Ted, Ted Turner ended up buying Jim Crockett Promotions right. and making a WCW the in the 90s. Oh, WWF. yeah, yeah, Turner was trying. Yeah. yeah. And those companies were already talking to people. Yeah. They were already trying to get national deals because only super old dudes didn't watch cable. Yeah, and the thing that uh, Vince McMahon did that uh, I think that WCW tried but couldn't really wrap their heads around is essentially wrestling when it was in the territories were, you know, in the same vein of boxing where it's like people that smoke cigars and are going to mm -hmm. get drunk and want to see people really thrash and brawl out are going to watch wrestling. Mm -hmm. Whereas Vince McMahon kind of toned it down mm -hmm. and made it to where a family, it could, it could be a family affair. Same vein of Las Vegas or Times Square. He toned it down to a way where it could be a lot more profitable, mm. but take out the intensity or, in some cases, authenticity. And like in a few of the interviews I saw, Hulk right, right, he he took out the um, the kind of hand job 
uh, <laughs> boots and replaced it with uh, Elmo with a shit stain. Yes, yeah, yes, precisely. <laughs> I mean, like you know, Hulk Hogan in, in interviews talking about like you know because they you know they were superstars and they were like, "What are you doing? Why are you toning down our art?" I mean, yeah. it, it would. Hogan's not a, Hogan never liked wrestling and like he was a bassist oh, really? failed bassist but someone saw him at what, the gym really? yeah he was a failed bassist around his <laughs> beach and someone saw him at the gym and go like you'd be good at wrestling because that's how you became a wrestler back then oh really someone, yeah that makes oh, sense someone yeah. just tapped you someone just went like yeah you'd be great at wrestling come here and so, <laughs> as opposed to nowadays where like nerds love wrestling so they just become they just like hipster nerds like who work at bookstores just work out <laughs> right, and, right. and I was like I love wrestling and anime <laughs> But I mean, this is a, this is an example of how even I got into wrestling. Like my first memory of wrestling was like a, a holographic Hulk Hogan card, where it's him ripping his shirt off. And so, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know how that ended up at my house. I mean, my brother might have gotten it, or my parent. You know, I don't know. I don't know at what point Hulkamania entered my. <laughs> you don't existence. know. <laughs> I don't know how it did, but it was a holographic card. And I'm like, this is fucking cool, you know. Yeah. And from then on, it, it was something that uh, I liked, but uh, my parents didn't like violence, so it, uh, it I didn't get to watch it regularly. Yeah, he's, he, like Hulk Hogan was a huge. Uh, he was gonna be huge anyway. Like he was gonna be huge anyway when he was working at AWA. People would fucking being throwing flowers at his fucking feet and he was a bad guy when he worked for AWA he mm-hmm. was like a big brutish heel when he worked Japan when he worked Ant- uh, Antonio Noki he worked as a heel and he was also pretty good <laughs> he was like yeah. not a bad wrestler he threw it on like insiguris and shit like that <laughs> but by Vince taking him and sort of making him into like this undefeatable Superman and really toning down his style so he worked with little kids really well he sort of galvanized these little kids and getting them to watch wrestling on a sun on a Sunday morning on a Saturday morning and really getting them invested into this Superman character American hero yeah basically at that time they needed someone to replace Bruno San Martino who was kind of a legit like New York act mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Bruno Sammartino is one of like the like in the he's like the Yogi Berra of fucking uh, New York wrestling because he's <laughs> so like New York all the time. Sure, he was Mr. Yeah. New York basically <laughs> of professional wrestling. This big fucking Greek immigrant that came in fucking sounded like a sounded like the subway like he sounded, <laughs> he sounded like the A train and shit like that and would just go around beating people never lost kick the shit out of anybody and drink and never drank and never smoked right right that was right. like that wow. was a guy hulk hogan replaced and he just became a superhero version of that so i mean when vince mcmahon is setting all of this up uh-huh. he's not you know he's giving them better contracts but he's giving his star uh, wrestlers hulk hogan mm-hmm. i think andre the giant and a few others he's giving them residuals but he's fucking everyone else over. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways he makes a lot of money in the early 80s and early 90s, and even to this day probably, is that you know you might fight for WWE, but you might not be making residual money. And if that's the case, you've got no retirement. You've got, no, you've got nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, there's a great clip of Jesse Ventura talking about the amount of times he sued uh, Vince McMahon. <laughs> And, you know, yeah, I won't do a uh, terrible Jesse Ventura. Oh, maybe I will. <laughs> um, but the interview... Ladies and gentlemen, James Domian. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, uh, the interviewer is like, so, you know, like, what, what happened, uh, you know, when you sued Vince McMahon successfully? When it was over, did he call you at all? Yep. And what was that conversation like? He screamed and hollered at the phone at me, that's my money, that's my money. And I just held the phone away till he was done. When he was done, I brought the phone back in. I said, Vince... 
I said, the jury said it was my money, the federal judge said it was my money, the appeals court said it was my money, and the Supreme Court of the United States said it was my money. Vince, I think you're of a minority opinion. And then, <laughs> so it looks like it's my money now. <laughs> you know, it's such. It's just. It's great because it's. I'm starting to suspect that. Um, it's a really good Jesse Ventura, by the way. <laughs> Jesse Ventura just ran for governor to get health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Wrestlers have done amazing things to get health insurance. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And they're like the least insurable people in the world. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Their, their job literally is, hey, go get bruised. <laughs> yeah. Go get brain damage that will be a ticking time bomb. Yeah, like yeah, to either the health industry or your family. Yeah, yep, yeah, for real. And that's uh, and and Yogi makes a great point. Like Vince, like he's settled in this method. Like if you are able to be popular enough to get a T-shirt, they'll mm-hmm. split the T-shirt royalties with you. But otherwise, they own your fucking likenesses. Yep. and they can't. Wow. You can't. There's nothing you can do about it. So if you're like in the background of a T-shirt with a lot of wrestlers, Ooh, then you you're fun. not. Look, you better get so popular they put your name on a fucking T-shirt. Yeah. That's the only way to make money. Otherwise, you're working 300 days a year for scale. There wow. was an interview with this Canadian. Uh, there was a Canadian interview I saw with Vince McMahon, and it was when it was right around the time when Stone Cold is retiring. The f- before they brought him back for certain a few events, but the first time he kind of like left the WWE, or maybe not the first. Point is, they are asking Vince McMahon, like, "Hey, like, what, what's going on?" And Vince McMahon is like, "Well, we own Stone Cold. He owns Steve Austin, but we own the likeness and the concept. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, I'm a little pissed off. Didn't want to not be that wrestler in WWE, so he essentially said, "I, I fuck," because he, he couldn't do it because of health reasons. He couldn't. Yeah. He just physically couldn't wrestle anymore. Yeah, the, like at the, yeah, his his neck and back were fucked. Like, right. Yeah. And so apparently Vince McMahon wanted to do like a rock like spinoff with uh, Sto- uh, Steve Austin, and they had like a uh, military esque script written for him, but Steve Austin wouldn't do it because it's you know through Vince McMahon again. But I mean, essentially, we were robbed of a Steve. Steve Austin Does action flick. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, we did get Steve Austin doing Battle Royal, which is <laughs> pretty fucking dope. I'm a little pissed off. Yeah, but you know what, though? I would have loved 50 movies with Steve Austin. Yeah, I would have real. loved fuck, whatever this bullshit rock running through a burning tower that movie is. Yeah. I want the Steve Austin version where he's running out of a trailer park yeah, that's but exploding. It, what we got instead was instead of Steve Austin running through a burning building, it's Steve Austin asking, well, who set that building on fire? And why did they do it? <laughs> Fair enough. It's Steve Austin getting down to the truth of why that building's burning. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a good example of of, of Vince McMahon actually doing that to care, to wrestlers' likeness. There are two wrestlers, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. When they worked for WWE, they were Razor Ramon and Diesel. Mm-hmm. Like, Razor Ramon was basically Carlito's way. He was like a Tony Montana ripoff. And Diesel is a big guy who drove a truck. Literally, those are the characters. When they left to the competition, WCW... Vince McMahon just replaced them with other wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And used the name and likenesses of Razor Ramon and yep. Diesel. Mm-hmm. There's a, <laughs> and so there's whole storylines of everyone pretending that these were the same guys. <laughs> it's great. There's like a, I think it was a, the Dan Harmon Channel 101 when it was on uh, Comedy Central. They were they were doing a show where it was like they're running through a hill, yeah. and then the next scene they're like. All right, so this actor fell and like really fucked up his foot, so we just had to replace him. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's like it still works, but like this guy's not that guy. Anymore, you know? It's basically it was basically that, but they just everyone pretended it right, was like, right. oh yeah, Diesel. 
was has different eye color. Like he's just a different guy entirely. <laughs> they did them, they did that with the Undertaker, where the storyline was Undertaker wasn't sure whether or not he was going to come back because he was injured. Seven foot tall guy shouldn't be leaping over. <laughs> right, right, right. Shouldn't he be leaping over ropes? Like, but <laughs> so he left. And he was replaced by another guy called Brian Lee, who looked enough like him, <laughs> right, to come back as the under faker. What was his uh, colloquialism? He was sure. the Undertaker who was fake. And then the big match was the Undertaker comes back and beats up the exact same person. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story of um, basically at one point Vince McMahon pinned uh, Kurt Angle. Yeah. And Kurt Angle is a uh, wrestler, Andy, who uh, actually won a, uh, a medal in the Olympics. Yeah, he was an Olympic medalist. So he w- he that was his uh, character persona. He was a he was a um, Olympic winning uh, wrestler, right? So there's a story of Vince McMahon pinning Kurt Angle once. And just like bragging about it for months, just being like, I fucking pinned Kurt Angle. This mo-. And Kurt Angle got real pissed once. And so when they were taking a flight, Kurt Angle just like flipped and started like choking out Vince McMahon. <laughs> but and the wait. Undertaker woke up from a nap and didn't realize it was Kurt Angle and just started beating the shit out of <laughs> Kurt Angle. So it's like it's chaos. That's hap- that's well, has happened before. Like- wait, wait. So this, but but is this? Here's the thing that uh, I noticed when like yeah. trying to research Vince McMahon is that. Because he has made himself into uh, a like, character within, yeah, a character right, right, within right, right, his world, show. and everyone is a character. Like, is that? But it's also a violent world that you know he's a character in. Mm-hmm. Was he actually getting choked, or was that just a thing that they? So were this playing? is an off-ring story. This, this is, is an, this is yeah, a real thing airplane. that happened. Yeah. That okay. So this the isn't cave. Re- no. The only thing real on in wrestling is anything that happens at an airport or in an <laughs> airport. <laughs> Because those yeah, are the only yeah. times those people can <laughs> be people. <laughs> everything else, like everything they, else, is bullshit. Yeah, everything yeah, else yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. But if it happens on an airplane yeah. or in an airport, mm-hmm. it's real. <laughs> yeah, and Vince McMahon has some like very odd quirks. He doesn't like when people sneeze. <laughs> you know about this? Oh my God, this is my favorite fucking Vince McMahon. He like thinks. he like thinks it's weak. Like he's, he's like, weak. Oh, the uh, word weak comes out of his mouth. Like, yeah. Con- God damn it, that's weak. He be like, strong. He doesn't like when people sneeze. Like oh, he only noise. Eats, oh, he only eats steak wraps with ketchup. That's all he eats. <laughs> really? That's the only thing he eats. He only eats steak wraps with ketchup. That's the only thing he eats. He doesn't like when people sneeze, but he no loves wonder farts. He looks like that. Oh, he loves farts. Uh, Gerald Briscoe, former world heavyweight title and uh, producer in Raw backstage, once shit his pants, and then no, Vince McMahon once shit his pants, and since Gerald Briscoe has a weak gag reflex, he just chased him around with his shit covered oh pants on the stick, the entire <laughs> right. backstage, because he's a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> He's a psychotic human being, and like we, we mentioned a moment ago, he only sleeps a few hours a night. Yep, like he only sleeps. I well, wait. So let's let's get let's get into how he went from announcer to character. Yeah. yeah. So so he was announcing uh, for years, and it was on the down low that he was the owner of he was the, the uh, yeah, uh, it, WWF. Well, so he was an announcer before he owned yeah uh, the the company that his dad. Oh, yeah. Right, right. So he that didn't last too long, I don't think. I well, believe. I think he was an announcer no, up he until was, 1997. He was a, oh, really? I didn't yeah, know he that. was in, in and out of announcing. Gotcha. Okay. Some people would leave. He would come in, do announcing for for right. people, and then he would go back. Uh, like He would when, fart on an announcer, <laughs> and that person would be like, I got to get the fuck out of here. He's like, God damn it. He just like, keeps calling me weak. <laughs> 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 and 
I'm sorry I sneezed. There were fucking you, know, you could daisies tell, in the room. Vince McMahon looks like a guy that literally throws around the word faggot. Like, you can tell. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He throws around the F word yeah. like hard. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. Like, he said the N word on live TV. Like, he has oh, really? no fucking fear. He, there's a clip of him at one point, and he's like, this is for the show. But he's like, oh, he's so mad at The Undertaker that he's like, she's going to be raped by a motorcycle gang right in front of The Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's a fictional statement made in a reality that is our world. And so, that guy has to answer to the, to yeah, the, to yeah. the board of directors afterwards. <laughs> like, he said that and then had to go, like, uh, Ted Online 2. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, we got the numbers in this week. <laughs> yeah, Taker, uh, first name Under is on the line. Uh, he's not happy with what you said about his wife. Yeah. That's his real wife. <laughs> what do you mean? That made that storyline better. <laughs> you know, I always make things better. <laughs> so uh, Vince, um, yeah, Vince is a, it, like it, the thing I want to like impress upon you guys is like his his he's the most interesting billionaire to me because his psychology is available to view. Mm-hmm. Like right, you he, can just see what his mind does because he's a chief creative officer as well. Right, and so on. On one hand, he's like playing a character, but to maintain that character that long, right, in in a way that's partially, I assume it's partially improvised. Yeah, a lot of like the things that they do. Oh, uh, absolutely. Like, and, and he talks about like he's not himself sure whether the Vince McMahon character is a real guy <laughs> or if he's the real or guy. Or if he's the Vince McMahon character. The, the best evidence of this is apparently at one point he like tried to slide into the ring and he tore both quads. Yes. And so he, you know, your, your quads are uh, very important. You can't stand if you, you can't, right? So he's trying to stand, but he f- he's falling. And there's like four or five wrestling uh, wrestlers in the ring and they don't know whether he's fucking with him <laughs> yeah. or if he actually just injured himself. Yeah. And that is a, a perfect moment of what wrestling is. It's like, I don't, is this real? What? I don't know what's going on here. The best part of wrestling <laughs> is when it, when you go, was that, was that supposed right. to happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing that the the turning point really is when uh, something called the Montreal Screwjob. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, that that's... is the turning point of when the Vince McMahon owner and the Vince McMahon, the Vince McMahon person, the Vince McMahon character, sort of became one. Right. Right. So it was an it was sort of an open secret that he was the owner of yes. WWF until. Uh, this happened. Yes. Uh, what happened is uh, the world champion Brett the Hitman Hart was uh, scheduled to lose the title. Sponsored by Lenscrafters. <laughs> Sponsored by <laughs> Was scheduled to lose the title to Shawn Michaels in the rematch of Survivor Series. Uh, Brett had not signed a new contract then. Uh, he didn't want to lose in Montreal in his home city. He was wanting to lose it the next night on Raw. So there was a debate back and forth. Brett had not resigned, uh, And there was pressure to keep Brett away from the competition of WCW. So with Vince in this sort of precarious position of like, if Brett is a man of his word, which as we all know, wrestlers are all liars (laughs) (laughs) and untrustworthy. (laughs) Cause he had been like, Vince had been fucked over by another wrestler whose contract he let lapse. And then she went on the competition and threw out their world title in the garbage. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So Vince was now worried about this. Uh, he decided that without telling Bret Hart, he was going to ensure that Bret lose. So he brought in the referee, he brought in Shawn Michaels, and he brought in uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels' best friend, and one of the workers that he is most trusted, who ended up being his son-in-law. Weird. Yeah, uh, Triple H is a wrestler who ended up marrying Vince McMahon's daughter, Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. Which is not 
that wrong, but it's just odd. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's, it's a it's a Julio Ponce Larue move. Yes. Yeah, for yes, real. It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, Triple H is an interesting character on his own. Uh, so, so what happened is during a match, Brett is it, the match is almost over. Brett has Shawn Michaels in the signature. No, Shawn Michaels has Brett in the signature. Brett Hart submission hold the sharpshooter, and Brett without tapping loses. The referee calls for the belt, awards Shawn Michaels the title. Right. Brett is no longer the champion, and Brett throws a shit fit live on air. Yeah, and Brett is from Canada, and this is happening in Montreal. Yeah, so he's getting right. The, the whole audience starts booing because mm-hmm. he's yeah. like their hero. He is their hero, yeah. and the audience is incensed. Bret Hart spits on Vince McMahon in his face, <laughs> destroys, uh, destroys the monitor yeah. equipment out at ringside, goes to the back, and this is documented in the wrestling documentary Wrestling with Shadows. Yeah. He punches Vince McMahon in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and says, I fucking quit. Fuck you. And leaves the company. Shows up later in WCW. Uh, and that all was unstaged. Right. And it, it went kind of... Er, it, 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 it made it, national news. So it, it went in its own like 1990s way. It kind of went viral. Yeah, it kind of went viral in in its own way. It's like, but it put the writers in a juxtaposition because they now have a high profile incident, and they have to wrap it into the storyline, which mm-hmm. was something that at that point they they'd never done. Yeah, which is where the madness of Vince McMahon I think <laughs> begins. Yeah, that's where you begin to see Vince McMahon the character show up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, he goes on Raw the next night and goes, "I didn't fuck over Bret Hart." Bret Hart fucked over Bret Hart. Uh, later on, Bret Hart's brother would die in that ring. Uh, I oh my God. The, yeah. the, fucking, <laughs> the fucking irony. Because wrestling is fake. Every, everything is not real. Everything in wrestling is not real. Everything is Except story, the man. deaths. <laughs> Except <laughs> the deaths are yes. too real. Yes. If you die in wrestling, you die in the real world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's basically, Except the yeah, Undertaker. Yeah. You'll come back. No, the Undertaker will always come back. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> So, Kane, uh, not so much, but The Undertaker will. <laughs> so what we have is the creation of this Vince McMahon character who is a duplicitous, manipulative, egomaniacal right. uh, sociopath. Uh, Which is a great character, Yeah, but when it's a character that's named your name, <laughs> yep. you it's might start believing your bullshit. And he does. And while he was doing this, the one thing I found interesting was like, so to like play up the character, they were like the billionaire Man- Vince McMahon, and he... He became a billionaire, but then like the value of of WWF stock would go like up and down. So mm-hmm. there would be times where they'd be like the billionaire Vince McMahon, and then he would just be like you know right, seven hundred right. million. Yeah, <laughs> it would like the multi millionaire Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. like it, the our bosses Vince McMahon. And by the way, that's anytime you hear someone talk in, like when you hear the commentary in Vince, that's Vince McMahon still doing right, right. producing segments, writing segments for for wrestlers being in matches he got headbutt recently like a year and a half ago and he's in the 70s yeah. now yeah, yeah. he's yeah. in his 70s and he asked a wrestler hit me in the head as hard as you can but i think that you know the the issue is not necessarily vince's ego but truly the adrenaline of performing i yeah. think that we see this in billionaires uh, often, but uh, certainly with people like Donald Trump. I mean, obviously with Vince McMahon, we're talking about him, but with people who are literally, uh, they literally can't handle the adrenaline of the limelight, especially in a physical contest. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, it's fucking heroin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of these, um, you know, when we talk about like the CTE issues with sports, you know, we don't actually think about how it's, well, 
they endure so much physical pain because they love the adoration so much. They push themselves too hard and literally become psychopaths. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what happened to Dynamite Kid. That's definitely what happened to Chris Benoit. Yeah, like, certainly. I don't know if you know, do you know what happened to Chris Benoit, Andy? Uh, Murder Suey? Yeah. yeah. Well, also, he got, like, you know, holes in his brain from the CTE. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because he, and, and the guy he amputated recently died, he was paralyzed for the majority of, like, Dynamite Kid was paralyzed since he was, like, in his thirties. Oh wow! Like, because he went so hard. Oh, went time. so hard in the wrestling. Yeah. He, oh. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, so we know there's like you know I think ten to thirty big high profile suicide and you know deaths and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then there are you know before Vince McMahon even is running WWE, there are multiple wrestlers that have committed suicide during that period as well. Mm-hmm. If you look up, so you know, regardless of if it's a hard sport or not, is not the issue. The reality is, is that one man is literally profiting off the deaths of his employees. Uh, yeah. In some cases, yeah. covering up those deaths. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk yeah. about Jimmy, Jimmy Superfly Snooker and his dead girlfriend. Uh, yes, I don't know anything <laughs> about this. Please tell me. So Jimmy Superfly Snooker's girlfriend was found dead under mysterious circumstances. And the next day, a WWE lawyer shows up and <laughs> bails him out. Really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, man, yeah, because Jimmy had to work the goddamn territory that night. Yeah, I can't have him in goddamn jail. He's working the main. <laughs> goddamn it, get down here, get him out of there. That's crazy. How much murder you could get away with if you have enough rich friends? Yeah, that's really what it, really what it is. Imagine the mindset of also being like, "All right, you killed your wife. You killed. Okay, but it's showtime. Yeah, boom, let's right, go. Yeah. Right, let's go. I gotta get. I gotta get. He's gotta get fucking out there." Working the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> I might cut this out, but uh, there is this Reddit post recently about there's a basketball card and the Menendez brothers are in the background. Yes, and according I've seen to that. the time frame, it's when they <laughs> committed the crime of killing their parents and before they got caught. So it's just them <laughs> sitting at a basketball game, but it's like. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Why are you going to a basketball game and sitting in the front row? Well, like, that was the that was the the big uh, thing about the story was they killed their parents and then they just like took all their money and partied yeah, it away yeah. in like a couple months. Yeah, man, that's why you, when, after you murder your rich parents, <laughs> you put that money in the savings account. Like yeah. in our, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. 401k. You invest r- the murder parents money. Yes. That shit's This come. is what the grub stakers are all about, <laughs> yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Invest. Physical investments. Our <laughs> strategy. Our biggest criticism bonds. of the Menendez brothers is they were not <laughs> fiscally responsible. If only they have gotten a stash app, they might have been able to. <laughs> Guys, why we should have put it in the money market, not uh, not the stock market, because we know how volatile that Listen, can be. Listen, if you don't want to do 401k, do a Roth IRA. It's just <laughs> as good. Why aren't you guys uh, sponsored by a stash? I guess because you want to kill, like, the whole thing is billionaires should die, I guess. Yeah, that, that kind of puts a little... That puts a damper on it? Yeah. Well, fair enough. Well, maybe some of us are making backdoor deals. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> you see where we record. You don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Oh, this podcast about billionaires is very odd. Yeah. They're anti-capitalism, and yet they have a view of the Manhattan skyline. It's beautiful. It is wonderful. Uh, Yogi's told me like 20 times about how he's profiting off of this, and I forget about it every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have I have scans of all their DNA, and uh, <laughs> you know, I've figured out their socials and their mother's maiden names, and uh, honestly, it's working out to my benefit immensely. Oh, man, this new... <laughs> oh, man, the new Andy Palmer is better than the old Andy Palmer. <laughs> he's actually a new version every time we do an episode. Like they're gonna get you're gonna get like Andy Palmer's gonna leave and then you're gonna replace him by a guy named Andy Palmer. And then <laughs> Andy Palmer's gonna come back and they have to fight. Yeah, it's, it's, every time it happens, the new version doesn't do enough drops. I'm telling yeah. you, that's the only thing that the first Andy was best. He could do drops for days. 
That's uh, that's your fault. I'm I'm decaying like the moon guy. Everything's kayfabe. Everything. <laughs> so it's the like early 2000s. It's the early 2000s. Oh, and actually, we couldn't talk about WCW how back against the wall they were mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. early 90s. In the early 90s, Vince McMahon's uh, company was in jeopardy because. Uh, here's one thing about Vince McMahon. He's not a great creative no, director. he's not. <laughs> he just likes pumping up the same yeah. shit all the time. Uh, he will definitely just drill an idea to a ground. He has no He has no need to be subtle. Right, Absolutely right, not. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, and one of these ideas he does in the early 90s is essentially a bodybuilding competition, but Vince McMahon style. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot more boobs and... Pecs and dicks everywhere. Oh, yeah. So, it's the so World Bodybuilding Federation. There's I, like it's my new invention. Two things that kind of that he uh, that kind of come out in the 90s. And one of them is uh, he kind of undermines the Ted Turner yeah. uh, mm-hmm. competition by just uh, sexing the shit out of everything. He, he oh, yeah. actively oh, yeah. copied that from what Turner was doing with WCW, but they were both copying from the local regional promotion ECW. Oh, really? Which was a huge influence on WCW and, and WWF. Oh, well, Turner was trying to sex it up? Yeah, Turner was also trying to sex it up. The through line is is steal ideas that work. Yeah, right, so, right. So it doesn't matter who's doing it first. It's, uh, they got more boobs, uh, we're going to have more boobs than they do. Yeah, basically. They got, they got eight tits, we're going to have 16. <laughs> yeah, so they were both aping off of... A, uh, extreme Championship Wrestling, which was at the time trying to get a teenage to twenty-something demographic. Right. Okay. And so, what worked for them, uh, WCW took and like started going uh, on on the air an hour earlier, uh, getting ch- tits out earlier, <laughs> and then basically taking all the WWE's top talent. And oh. signing them to exclusive deals. Yeah, because WCW, although that they did crumble, the thing that they did slightly better than WWE was give them better contracts. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a very simple uh, formula. He it's, gave them better contracts to some of the people. Yes, yes. Hulk Hogan had a sweetheart deal where he made ten million sitting on his couch. Yeah, yeah. But Rey Mysterio, who was working his ass off in the undercard, got paid scale. Like right, right. WCW. Uh, and also the first hour of WCW is way better than the second hour a bunch of geriatrics throw <laughs> fake punches at each other and talk for 40 minutes sure. like that was <laughs> well the, the analytics only make sense for the first hour anyway yeah, so who enough. gives a shit would you say that's why they uh, they fell out yeah sure. basically what happened is after the young guys left w, uh, to WWF they the WCW just had a bunch of old dudes and Goldberg, that's it. That's all they had. Yeah, I mean, I do love Goldberg, but uh, I will say that uh, the WCW's, I mean, you know, it's talent doesn't dry up, but if you have two companies vying for the best, who's got more ideas and more money? Yeah. Who, who can steal more ideas and more money? Straight and up. at that point, because uh, I think that uh, Vince McMahon knows how to sell. And it's not that Ted Turner doesn't, but Ted Turner kind of goes, I'm going to set this up, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, basically. Vince McMahon doesn't sleep. <laughs> Turner likes to take a nap every now and then, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. Vince McMahon is an... A- Dana White has said, oh, Vince McMahon's an animal. He will fucking yeah. rip your throat yes. out if he can. Turner, Turner takes a break to watch some classic movies. Yeah, yes. basically. <laughs> yeah. Ted Turner, like... <laughs> Wrestling wasn't his only passion. He yeah. had other shit <laughs> no. to do. 
And so Vince McMahon just went for the juggler when he could. Yeah. And when uh, finally Ted Turner's, uh, when Ted Turner realized, how much are we spending on this wrestling yeah, shit? Right, right, right. Cut this shit off. Yeah. yeah. And, and then Vince McMahon would eventually buy WCW. Just buys them out. And I mean, okay. to be fair, Ted Turner is making money from other avenues. Yeah. This right, is only right. Vince's. This right. Is, so Vince had more stakes. Right. Than yeah. Him. This is the only thing Vince has. And around the time that he purchases WCW, I believe a year before around the same time is when Vince McMahon started the XFL right but before that uh, and this is the other thing uh, that happened in the 90s is he gets busted for making all of his employees do steroids yes Yes. that's that's a thing he does yeah and what's the story there is it like Uh, basically Vince (sighs) New York has always been the land of the Giants and when it comes to wrestling basically the idea that the bigger you are the the more muscular the more presentable you're you are to an a East Coast audience the bigger your draw is right. the bigger the right. more fans will want to see these superhuman men up up to like even Bruno San Martino Bruno San Martino is like 65 like 2 fucking 50 all muscle jacked to the gills at the time which is now he just looks like, like, <laughs> True. like now it looks like he's melting like if you look like a strong man back then he's just like that's just a fit dad <laughs> <laughs> that's just a dad that just lifts heavy like, barrows and throws them around so like but New York to present a bigger than life superstar, you had to be like fucking chiseled. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had to be Hulk Hogan. And the only way to do that for a lot of guys like Jake the Snake Roberts, who are like, or for, well, for all of them. Yeah, for all of them. Like for like. Yeah. British, and, and it's it's just about quality control. Yeah. How can we make these athletes that are working tirelessly to make me money? I don't know. Let's literally give them drugs. Oh, what about so drug they, tests? Yeah. We run the drug tests. Yeah, we run the drug. Well, tests. Was it? They also had that like. Sort of, it was kind of a coup with like American or some American, mm-hmm. uh, some regulatory agency where Vince McMahon was like, "Oh, it's fake, so you can't test our athletes." Yeah, yeah basically, yeah, yeah. that's why the term, that's why it went from World Wrestling Federation to World Wrestling Entertainment, yeah. and the term sports entertainment was calling yes. it. Oh. So to avoid New York regulatory health and safety standards yep. for athletes. Oh, I thought they had a turf war with the World Wildlife Foundation. That's also something that. Oh, happened. Yeah, okay, course, that really yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, that that's, is something that happened as well. That is also something that happened. <laughs> so World they did Wildlife. lose. To the panda bears, yes. they did lose to the panda bears. Lost clean, but ultimately got <laughs> got their heat back. Right, because if they won that war, then they'd have to stop taking steroids. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know those pandas wouldn't stop taking those steroids. Yeah, Vince went like, "Look, do I want to fuck with these pandas some more, <laughs> or do I just want to admit I want my boys taking steroids?" A lot more people get angry when you deny pandas health. <laughs> There yeah. was a moment where we were going to have panda on panda violence yeah. every Sunday. I mean, <laughs> with boobs. People get m- way more mad when a panda dies. Yeah, for <laughs> a wrestler. A wrestler? Yeah, absolutely. But pandas can't work. They don't know how to throw fucking fake elbows. <laughs> well, you, we almost had the Shanghai uh, <laughs> screw shop. <laughs> um, you know, Lingling doesn't job, job, brother, brother. <laughs> doesn't do the job. You know what's funny? Is that like you, we could all make up fake Chinese panda names and it's like kind of okay yeah. <laughs> but the moment we start to start being like oh you know that Asian guy and like say those names it's like Chow. what a racist piece of shit you know <laughs> oh yeah that panda pang pang or dong dong it's like oh, the fine. irony is that the Chinese people are giving them stereotypically racist <laughs> names <laughs> very like, irony you can't call us on it <laughs> You know, all pandas are born in China and then loaned to the zoos that they go to yes. around the world. Oh, really? Yes, it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, China's got a fucking panda market locked down. I thought yeah, Ber- Berlin had like a panda birth or something and then it died. 
Yeah, because China didn't want that shit around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a it was, it was a fucking yeah, you hit. Think great, you think the great Republic wasn't gonna let, <laughs> gonna let that shit oh, slide? This this oh. German panda was died due to poisoned bamboo. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Who thought? Future episode on Newt the panda. Just it man walks away from the panda <laughs> cage very slowly. So, um, oh, one more thing I want to mention is that uh, you know Hulk Hogan because he was such a uh, star for WWE or WWF at the time, he would go on TV and be like, hey, don't take drugs, kids. And the other wrestlers would always laugh about that because it's like, That's oh, it. the pharmacist yeah. oh. saying, don't take drugs. I'm just going to, look, I just need something real quick, dude. I just need like some for, for, for my arms and for my legs and also from my back. Also from this mullet. Thank you, dude. You think you get a goatee like this without steroids? <laughs> Um, yeah. So then in uh, early 2000s, I believe the beginning of 2001, uh, Vince McMahon, without any arena sponsorship, uh, arena connections, without any teams lined up, announces <laughs> the XFL. The XFL. The new, it's better than football. It's like the XFL. <laughs> it's like football, but better. I made it. Yeah. And when it's he like annu- America is mourning 9-11. Uh, well, anything that, goes. <laughs> it happened before that, incidentally. And yeah. I think, oh, okay. let's be honest, you 9-11 think, might have happened because, because of the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they just saw the uh, he hate me and they were like, no more of this. <laughs> Muhammad Atta was like, no this. more of this. <laughs> <laughs> they saw he hate me when, you know what, we're taking the motherfucking towers out, son. <laughs> This is what the this is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> I'm not gonna have any arena league football fuck right. up my Sunday night. So he announces uh, XFL and at with the time Dick, with Dick Ebersol. Don't forget, Dick, oh, Dick, oh that's right, yeah, 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 Dick, yeah. Dick Ebersol partnered with uh, with Vince McMahon to make this happen for NBC correct? for NBC. Yeah, well, so apparently I was watching the thing and it turns out when he they announced and the the announcement was over and then NBC called was like, well, hey, so what connections do you have? And like, well, we're talking to people and like. Don't make, don't sign a contract until you talk with us. Mm-hmm. So the announcement NBC buys into essentially, yeah. And um, the XFL, you know, I'll be honest, as a company and as an idea, I don't mind another football league because yeah. I do think a monopoly in sports allows uh, terrible things to happen. Yeah. Just a monopoly in general. Uh, unfortunately, the XFL rules were a lot more CTE friendly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just naked headshots. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Allowed to take you're allowed to take the safety. Armed off with a weed whacker if well, you can. Well, when the like, CEO endorses steroids, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think that you're gonna have a uh, better or safer sport. <laughs> I mean, I was excited for their Super Bowl, which was in a hell in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> Two teams enter, one team leaves. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, like you know, so like I, I certainly don't agree with what the XFL was, but I do think that uh, more sports leagues of the same sports should exist because mm-hmm. it's idiotic oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Um, uh, that American sports are used as a funnel for the military Ooh, and yes. that 90% of people that don't end up in the professional sport end up either uh, committing a crime and going to the military or realizing I got nothing to do, I might as well go to the military. Mm-hmm. But enough of that. Vince McMahon at this point essentially um, is a womanizing uh, creep while married. And yeah. his wife, Linda, who he's been with since she was 17. 38 years. Yeah. Well, been together 38. I, we've never had an argument. Whenever someone says we've never had an argument. Yeah. You, you know that relationship's terrible. Oh, cool. God bless. <laughs> well, they have, it, it seems like they have just this crazy business relationship. Like, yeah, it's basically. a Bill and Hillary situation. Yeah, it's a Bill and Hillary situation, really. Like, uh... What was it? Yeah, they met in church when apparently he was 16, she was 13 or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, lo- I love how he describes him. Like, he, goes, he describes him as like this beautiful voice coming out this 
buxom young woman. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to fuck her right there, but I didn't. Yeah, they got married when she's 17, which is a minor. Yeah, um, yeah, a minor. yeah. Uh, depending on the state they were in, though, which I didn't uh, know. which was North Carolina, I believe it. Uh, then I think it actually no, it's DC. He was uh, okay. living in DC at the time. Interesting. Gotcha. But um, Linda is uh, very interesting because, boy, this woman puts up with a lot. Uh, I'm not shocked that she lost her political campaign, but I'm uh, I'm happy that she doesn't have more power. Because, yeah. uh, well, she's now um, the head of the Small, small Business, business Administration, yes. which yes. is uh, part of Trump's cabinet. Yeah. Listen, I'm not the happy The only about... person not leaving that cabinet. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying a woman scorned That's because she's the only the one in the cabinet that knows how to keep kayfabe. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I honestly think she would be a great Secretary of State. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he, Vince McMahon has done some terrible shit to this woman uh, psychologically, I feel. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, Vince McMahon, the character, uh, is uh, making out with women and uh, fornicating with uh, people behind the closed doors and stuff. And also getting sued for sexual assault from time to time. Yeah, that's so, uh Yeah, apparently he uh, raped a lady in a limousine. At yep. one point. I'm amazed he doesn't get more sexual assaults from the male wrestlers that he ogles. Yeah, that, I mean, that, but that's the thing, though. His industry is literally dealing with people with naked bodies constantly. Yeah, so, men hugging each other in tight pants. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so it's a thin line between sexual assault and the job that they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, It's, it's, like, it's, like it's, it's basically sort of like the Harvey Weinstein right. type thing mm-hmm, where, like, mm-hmm. You know, some of his, uh, some of the things he did was just force women to do these nude scenes they didn't want to do. Right. Yep. And it was like, you know, people didn't notice because there's so many nude scenes in movies. Fair. Like, yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, oh, the what, what happened to you, uh, a lady who's claiming Vince McMahon sexually assaulted you? Oh, well, he grabbed my chest. Well, he was performing a suplex. So yeah. who knows right, right. what he was actually doing, you know? And I think that... Um, when you have the capital that Vince McMahon certainly has, uh, there's a plenty of people that are probably uh, paid off eventually, or yeah, not paid off. Absolutely. Actually, I'm sure. Like I'm sure he's covered up for not only himself, tons of wrestlers. I bet Linda's around. doing it. I bet yeah. she's the one ch- cutting checks in the back. Oh yeah, absolutely. What do you do to you? Business genius. He kissed you and he, and he rubbed you. All right, fifty thousand. Here you go. Here you go, kid. Get like I mean, like literally. Yeah, she's the business uh, liaison yeah, when it comes to well, the yeah, they also duo. talk about how like women uh, who are announcers or something like they'll be uh, assaulted and then they'll come back to WWE and people will be like well uh, look at that and it's like well I, I'm guessing they probably can't get a better job yeah no and like, so, wi- like, women in wrestling have it I, awful they have it awful because there's no other place to make money in wrestling hey no. how did China die do you know this uh, uh, drug overdose yeah, I mean uh, like you know you can't technically say that's suicide or whatever but it's like the life condition she had made it so oh, that Oh, she yeah. uh, overdosed on drugs. I mean, that's the thing. There's so many gray areas of abuse when it comes to Vince McMahon that it's really uh, horrifying because the sad reality is is that, like, you know, we don't know how many people must have had terrible lives due to Vince McMahon's nonsense, and those are the people that he likes. Yeah, no, like, there's... Right. Like, like, we know what what he's done to people. Like, we know the things that are published right. are awful. <laughs> like, like, imagine the people that aren't wrestlers they aren't fucking on mm-hmm. camera they are just regular people they're people that are on the crew of uh you know the wwe uh you know team i guess and like because he doesn't sleep he'll call them at three in the morning mm. the night before the show and be like this is the idea i have get oh, yeah. that guy from detroit to drive to fucking toronto like yeah. i guess that's not that for that you, you <laughs> like like we get a small like because we know enough comedians that are writers for mm-hmm. wwe and we know how awful that fucking yeah. job is yeah that they will they have to fly into the arena on their own dime 
put themselves up, show up to work, and then the neg- and their boss would just come in at four thirty, going, "We're changing the whole fucking show." Right, right. Uh-huh. I'm writing everything. You, you guys are all assholes. Anytime people talk about like how stand up, like it doesn't make sense how we get paid and stuff, and I'm like, well, it was created by the mob. Yeah. So hmm. we literally get uh, a bit off the top. That's literally how the payment structure works. And in the same vein, wrestling is a similar thing where it's like it's it's the mob, guys. It's uh, yeah. one guy runs everything, and if you're good, he'll take care of you. But if you fuck him over, he will kill everyone you know. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Vince can kill everyone I know. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Which is amazing. I'm a wrestling fan. I I would be so happy if Vince killed everyone I know. Like, I would be like, my own, I'd be like, dude, Vince man chucked the shit out of my girlfriend. It was amazing. It wouldn't be Vince. It'd be yeah. your favorite fucking wrestler. Yeah, no, it'd be like John Cena. Hogan, what are you doing at my mom's house? Oh, yeah, you're gonna find out. You know, you want to know why John Cena does so many make a wishes? He's the angel of death. That's why. He <laughs> shuts up, little kids. They've seen too much. Just pull. Just puts the plunger into the IV. Oh my god. You. <laughs> You can't see me. <laughs> but the reality is, is that this man is a uh, megalomaniac whose staff is mostly gigantic hum- humanoids yeah. that could murder. I mean, it's like he's a lot the of general yeah. of an army that's unregulated yeah. and yeah. making money from just being an army. Well, yeah. it's like it's it's sort of like you know people like Man, to, imagine a military coup with just WWE wrestlers. That'd be awesome because they're <laughs> oh all fucking God. nerds. I think they they all nerds that want healthcare. A lot of them are socialists. It's great. Well, what it would be? It, it, it would be the it would be the movie Gladiator. Yeah, yeah. where yeah. like because he's he's basically like the modern day Coliseum magnate, right, yeah. right. where he he runs you know America's like spec blood spectacle. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's you me- could have a gladiator if Trump because you know he he does wrestling. Right, right. What if, that's true. This but is uh, Vince McMahon after he comes. Are yeah. you not entertained? <laughs> God damn it, Linda, are you not entertained? I just came on your face. <laughs> <laughs> what if, like, if, if, if The Rock kills Trump in the wrestling ring, does I, that make The Rock president? Honestly, that's how I would make our elections. Like, if I was in charge, <laughs> well, I you think- get to be the president, <laughs> but you also have to face The Rock in a steel case. <laughs> <laughs> if he wins, he's the president. Well, I think Mike Pence gets a chance after that. I think <laughs> oh, Mike no. Pence then gets to fight Pence the gets the money in the bank briefcase where he could challenge at any time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know Pence is, like, covered in knives. Like, he's <laughs> got, like... He's got a thousand tiny knives that he'll. You just break pull his out, arm, like, he doesn't feel it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. He just looks at you with sick doll eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could replace that whole Jaws monologue <laughs> to be talk, about Mike Pence. To talk about Mike Pence. <laughs> the Pence's eyes are like a doll's eyes. Yeah, uh, when, when, like the thing about professional wrestling, and I guess Vince McMahon as there's not in professional wrestling, no one else looms quite as large. Like it's going to be a mm-hmm. thing where it's like. You, for better or worse, when he dies and he can't because he has to fight the death himself at WrestleMania 31. Like, that's, I think that's Vince his goal. Vince McMahon versus Father Time. God damn, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, Father Time. Here's how I'm going to do it. Every year I have at least one stroke and then I push it back down because I'm a fucking man. If the, so, st- if the stroke tries to sue, Linda takes care of it. So, like, I. What, for good or ill, when he dies, wrestling will be different forever. Sure, certainly. Forever. And it's going to change the way wrestling fans even watch wrestling. Vince McMahon is not there anymore. I mean, you know, that's that's certainly um, 
that's a true statement, but that's also just time in general. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, all, all, all genres of sports will change once the, the, the people that innovated them will, will pass. One thing I will mention, uh, his daughter, uh, Stephanie McMahon, um, because there was a uh, episode of, uh, I think it was Raw after 9-11, and uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a quote of her at, at this, and she's like... A few years ago, some people tried to destroy my family. They attacked my father's reputation. They attacked my mother's reputation. And they attacked the World Wrestling Federation. They tried to rip us apart, but all they did was make my family stronger. And that's exactly how America feels right now. Because on Tuesday, America was attacked. But America is a united nation. And together, we stand strong. She's comparing 9-11 <laughs> to people being like, your dad sucks, bitch. Like, it's like, what? Cue to uh, an entire arena calling her a slut. <laughs> <laughs> Add that drop in later. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He makes his kids do weird things like throw themselves yeah. off, of, uh, off of cages. He like, made his son kiss his ass, literally. Yeah. yeah, he made his son kiss his ass. Not even the most embarrassing thing he's done on yeah. that show. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I... I will only respect him if he dies on stage. That's oh literally, I, I think that's what he wants. I think he wants to die in the wrestling ring. Like, he's a psychopath. <laughs> like, he legitimately, I think he wants to take one too many stunners and die in the ring. That's how he gets immortality. That's and then his, he lives forever. Yeah. Then you'll never get rid of me, goddammit. I'll be in your fucking hearts till, uh, until you die. <laughs> <laughs> or you could put my head in a jar like Walt Disney, that faggot. Like, <laughs> 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 in my mind Vince McMahon just says all the awful like he uses every slur for everyone uh, why wouldn't he why yeah. wouldn't he <laughs> for, who's gonna who's gonna call who's gonna, him out exactly yeah. hey Vince we live in 2018 progressive times yeah. now we can't I and don't I'm, like, mo- I'm the most progressive guy in here I gave a job to that gook over there <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck are you talking? And it's true, he's somehow the most racist son of a bitch yeah. in the world. But his show, out of every popular right, fucking right. show on television, has the most rainbow color coalition of fucking people available, all shapes, all sizes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more than any other featured programming yeah. in the America. There's possibly but, the world, probably the world. Possibly the world. They have so many different types of people. They've given women a platform that other shows still have not had to this day <laughs> fucking day. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it is one of those things where he's kind of like Michael Bay where he's done a reflection of society yeah. and the world goes, that's like terrible and racist and horrible and it's like, yeah, that's life. That's what you it's, are. It's this, a reflection of what I'm, we are. It's literally yes. I'm giving you what you we, want. We're going to yeah. have a brown guy in after 9-11 because uh, obviously we hate brown people now right, right. and we need to have a Middle Eastern guy yeah. beat people up so we can beat the shit out of him. Uh, mm. Yeah, Michael Bay's going to make a Transformers with black robots <laughs> and people are going to be like, that's kind of racist. It's like, mm, yeah, uh, society's this way. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. Fine. Yeah, and and Vince just give, it literally is. I give the audience what it wants. Yep. What the audience wants is yep. to yell homophobic slurs at a wrestler painted in gold. That's what he <laughs> wants. That's what the audience wants. I don't know what you want, people. If uh, you haven't seen that uh, documentary, uh, Wrestling in the Shadows, Wrestling with Shadows, I recommend. Beyond the Mat is also I recommend if you want to get you want to watch the wrestler, but in real life, watch Beyond the Mat. Yeah. That has Jake the uh, Jake the Snake Roberts stories, and, and it's uh, fucking sad. <laughs> uh, there's also Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts, which is his sort of comeback story, which is great. It's about him finally getting into rehab and detoxing and trying to 
fix his relationship. Uh, LL Cool J say, don't call it a comeback. Don't um, call it a comeback. <laughs> but, uh, Bono, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, you can check out my uh, podcast, Talking Naruto, uh, where I mean my friend. What's well, it about? Uh, it's about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it's a. Fuck, fuck you. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Interview over. <laughs> Did Yogi turn heel? Is that what happened? Yeah, the Yogi just turned heel on me. Nice. I'm like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. You start out as a baby face, and then you learn, you know what? Actually, I want to be a heel. Yeah, and he learned, he learned that if I just. My, one of my eyebrows has been up for the last 30 seconds. He was so great as a heel, too. He was great. He was really great. Uh, I had to field somebody's question because I'm the wrestling guy, so someone will dig up just the current, the son-in-law of the owner in blackface, and I have to explain it to you. Sure, sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, Talking Naruto is my podcast. It's a podcast where me and my friend Lawson Leon watch every episode of Naruto uh, and talk about it. Do you you record it with the headband? Yeah, we record it with the headband. (laughs) We do do all the. That's all I know about it. In fact, uh, when I when we record, there's multiple copies of me around the room, and we just pass Mm -hmm, the microphone mm -hmm, back mm -hmm. and forth. I saw I saw Bunnell at the gym the other day, hands behind his back on the treadmill, (laughs) (laughs) just running, just running. Uh, Yeah, and that's the that's what we're doing. We're also doing Talking Smart, which is a wrestling podcast where it's two guys talking about wrestling. Who would have thought that? That's the. That is the uh, two guys talking about comedy <laughs> podcast of wrestling podcast. Uh, so, and that, that's that's what I'm doing. Nice. Yeah. And with that, this has been Grub Stickers. My name's Yogi Polywall. I'm Andy Palmer. This has been uh, Ben Aldermos. Oh, and before we go, <laughs> I'm sorry. Before I, we go. For a long time now, we've had a politics where our leaders go after each other like they're competing to become king of the ring. Well, I've got one question. Do you smell what Barack is cooking? This has been Grub Stickers. God damn it, that's a great promo. <laughs> Get this Barack kid in my, in my locker room. <laughs>